But that's that mentoring experience. And that's what podcasts and that's what we hope our podcast become for people is an opportunity to to almost like a masterclass situation. Because uh, there are teachers out there who, who are rock starring, uh, who understand what it takes to do what we do. But nobody knows who they are. Nobody's heard their voice. No one's, no one's, you know, there's not a camera in every teacher's room capturing all these moments and, and putting them in a file. And you may have never experienced it, and then you may listen to it on a podcast, and then all of a sudden you experience it, and it's like, oh, I remember them saying, okay, this is how you, okay, got it. And even though it may be like, no, nah, I can't do that, but it gives me an idea. It sparks an idea in my mind of what I can do. What is good, everybody? Thanks for checking out this episode of Value Adds Value. My name is Scott Krieger. Um, and as we continue uh, looking back on where we've been on the podcast and sharing older episodes, we want to make this the last one that we're going to share that's old because it is one um, that is important. And, and we talked about in this episode the importance of setting unique goals, not making your goals broad, but really be specific and also make sure that they are appropriate to you. So um, as we look back, you know, this was you know, 2018 that this podcast came out, uh, looking back, you know, three years later where we are and, and where we're going. And um, the next podcast we drop is going to be us talking about the goals we have for this upcoming year. So we hope you have a great week. We hope if you've started school that things are going well. And if you haven't, that you'll get off to a great start. So we hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, um, subscribe, like, share, and find us on social media at Battery Ads Value. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I want to welcome you to another edition of the Lighthouse Educative Development Podcast. I am Wilkie Law here via FaceTime with my buddy and co-founder, Kyle Krieger. Hey, everybody. How are you? And so we're here to bring you episode 28, 28, 28 of Mm -hmm. our podcast. So before we get started and talking about what we're going to deal with, let's just kind of just catch up on what's been going on. So I'll start with you, Kyle. What's been going on with you now that we're at wedding year, week two of the new year? Yeah, yeah, things have been great. I, I talked a little bit about this on the solo podcast the last time, but uh, things are good. Basketball season is well over half done, and it's been crazy busy, um, you know, practicing or playing games six days a week, but it's been super fun. My kids are awesome. I uh, had a really good Christmas with my my nephews. They're awesome as well. Dubs. Yeah, they're doing great, um, and it's, uh, let me check, when we started talking earlier this morning, it was negative 17 degrees, so let's check and see where we're at right now. Oh, it's a balmy negative 12. Wow. Balmy hey. negative 12. Hey, hey, at least you can take, you can take the hoodie off now. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, but otherwise things are great. My, uh, my parents are on their way to South Padre. They're going to enjoy their two months down there. I'm a little disappointed because I can't get down there. Uh, I don't have any. You'd be down there with them, right? You'd what? Go down with them. Normally, you'd go down. Yeah, with normally them. I would go down there and visit. Um, when you were here in Texas. Um, yeah, when I was there in Texas, uh, I am looking forward to uh, spring break. Our our spring breaks align, so hopefully, I'm going to get a chance to come to the H and spend a little time, get a little work done, and uh, see some people that I haven't seen in a few months. So, 
That's that's what's going on with me. What's going on with you? Oh man, since the new year, man, we've been um my wife and I, we actually tackled a DIY project ourselves and so we are um renovating our master bath, pulling carpet, painting, pulling carpet out of the closet, pulling up all the tile, laying new tile, painting new vanities. I'm actually going to try my hand at woodworking and I'm going to build a shelf and stain it to put in between the two vanities. Um, it's been a learning experience because, again, neither my wife or I nor I are very engineering inclined, I guess you could say. Um, but it's been a great learning experience. I mean, YouTube is phenomenal. You know, I tell students all the time, you have zero excuse for not getting things done. The only thing we did not do in that bathroom ourselves is the plumbing. And that's just because we had to move pipes. But I'm going to have to plumb the sink again. So I've been watching YouTube videos on how to plumb sinks and how to make sure that the seals are tight so you don't get waters leaking underneath. So, I mean, I can't really complain, you know, heading into this last, these are my last two classes of this phase of my doctoral program, getting ready to go into phase two in March. Um, you know, it, it's, it's that the experience of growth is what I'm loving of knowing that every time I'm picking up a book or I'm reading an article or writing a paper, I'm getting that much better and that much closer to fulfilling that, um, that, that, that realization. And so everybody yesterday was calling me. Uh, I don't know you, you may be too young to remember this inspector gadget. You remember? Inspector no, gadget? I remember inspector gadget. So do you remember the villain that was on there? The evil doctor? Um. I don't remember his name, no, but I remember okay. it. Well, they started calling me Dr. Claw because that was Inspector Gadget's nemesis, Dr. Claw. So all day yesterday it was Dr. Claw. And I was like, hey, not yet. Give me until, you know, give me until 2020. And then, you know, I'll, I'll fully wear that and, and take that on. But I can't. I told you. I told you when that graduation ceremony comes, I'll be there. I love <laughs> hey, me. Hey, I man. love me some Portland. Oh man, I think it's you know I'm I'm excited. You know, my wife and I've been talking about everything, and just it's good to have stuff to look forward to. You know, um, and just being able to work and, and and understand that you're working toward a purpose and a goal. So yeah, man, you know what? Maybe and maybe before 2020, we should just take like a little week, little weekender out to Portland. My uh, my best buddy from college and his wife are out there, and a few other sets of friends are out there, and I got a cousin out there. We could uh, we could go have a little good time in Portland, eat some good food. Yeah, I got I got a good buddy of mine that went to college with. He lives up there. Works at um um he works at uh, at the Nike at the Nike uh, Corporation, Nike mm -hmm. campus up there in Portland. So in Beaverton, yeah. actually. Yeah. So for sure. But yeah, man. So that's what's going on right now, man. So um. Everything's good. Groovy, man. 2018, you know, um, I'm excited, excited, excited for what's what's coming up next for us. So, yeah, so we'll, we'll keep moving. We'll keep you informed once we get more information. So just stay tuned in. So, uh, so let's try to talk about our vision for our podcast. Uh, last year, I uh, thought we did pretty good by doing 26, 27 episodes. Um, our goal this year is to bring you guys 52 episodes. And we're shooting to have 30 guests to come sit in so that we can keep uh, exposing um, everyone to new voices in education and people who are, you know, like-minded individuals who just 
may have never had an opportunity to get their voices out there. So if you're interested and you want to be considered to be a guest on our podcast, shoot us an email at lea at the LED project dot com and or or you can go podcast at the LED project. OK, we'll we'll I'll, it's both of them are in there. I'll link it up so they know what to do. Um, otherwise, like I said too, shoot us a message on Facebook or um, we have a new Instagram out. Uh, our Instagram for LED is value. It's at value adds value. So follow us on there. Send us a message. Uh, we'd love to to have people. We're gonna have. I know we're gonna have a few returning guests. Some of the people we had last year because we need to reconnect with those people. But uh, no, it's gonna be good. And and like you said, we. We had a couple dry spells last year, which, um, you know, the, the hurricane kind of threw a wrench. And then, you know, the last the last month of the year with the holidays, we both just got so busy and it got tough to connect and we were both taking a class. So, you know, but it was good. You know, two years ago, we said we were going to start it. You know, last year we started it. We did 26. That was pretty good as well. So, um, yeah, and just just trying to build it. I would really like to get it on iTunes. Um, we tried, I haven't really gotten a response back. We might have to go through some channels and find some people that can help us. So if you happen to know how to get a podcast on iTunes, we're, we're all ears. So, um, I think maybe we want to try to add a YouTube, uh, element to it as well. But for right now we're, we're, uh, we're doing real well. All right. So, um, so we have our, um, our we connect cards here. We're going to do our questions, uh, connecting with people. I just have to say, I just finished, um, Will Wise's book, um, from the guys over at we connect. And I just must say that this is a must, and you can put a link in there. I'll, I'll shoot you the link to, uh, to link them to, um, his, uh, the book on Amazon. Amazing, amazing book. It's called uh, Ask Powerful Questions, right? Ask Powerful Questions, yes. Um, I think that, you know, Chad always opens with, with the, you know, how we go to conferences and we're around people who are like-minded and we ask the same old mundane questions that we ask anyone. And I just think we should ask people better questions. And like I say, I'm a huge supporter of the We Connect cards and the creating conversations and big ups to Will and those guys over there for what they're doing with the Ask Powerful Questions. I'm excited, excited, excited. Um, so, um, again, this is a green card focused in on... Um, this is one that's kind of a light and fluffy, as you would want to say. So, Kyle, I asked you the question. What books on your shelf are begging to be read? Wow, what books on your shelf are does, begging to? Does read? that does that include my? Can we call it our, my Audible because that's where I get the majority of my books from. <laughs> so I'm not going to say my shelf. I'm going to say my Audible. I'm going to go right into it and just look and see. Um, gosh, I'd have to say um, the Mask of Masculinity by Lewis Howes is in my Audible, and I've had it for a while, and I haven't listened to it yet. So that's that's. Um, that's definitely one. And then I got to go back to some of my old standbys. Like, As a Man Thinketh is always there. Um, uh, you know, and then we were talking to, you know, anything from Brene Brown 
is always uh, always begging to be read. So big uh, shout out to Dr. Brene Brown. Big shout um, out to her. And I, I will tell you, I didn't tell you this. Uh oh, I just finished a book called Own the Moment by Carl Lentz. He's the pastor of pastor of Hillsong, New York. Mm-hmm. Uh that was super, super good. So those would be just a few that are on my audible bookshelf that are begging to be read. All right. And for me, I would say um, one that's really that's standing out to me that I, I got it about two months ago and I hadn't read it yet is um, The Three Laws of Performance by Steve. I started it and hadn't read it, so it's just screaming at me, begging me to pick it up again. Uh, the other one is um, I've read it, the the hard copy. I have the Audible, but How to Win Friends and Gain Influence by uh, Influence People. Influence people. That's one that's right now that I know. I, I actually downloaded it to my phone so that I can actually have it at my ready. Um, and right now I'm just revisiting um, the mindset, the new psychology uh, by Carol Dweck. So um, back reading that one again. Um, so that's that's what's on my shelf. Nice, good. I got too many. I, you know, and and I've got a backlog of so many podcasts too that are waiting. Um, I've really gotten into. Um, it's called Cleared Hot by a guy named Andy Stumpf. He's a former Navy SEAL. That's one that I listen to a ton. And um, James Al- yeah, James Altisher podcast. I've got a ton and and. I've got a backlog of Gary, the Gary V audio experience. That's uh, a lot. So I got a lot. Um, and that's one of the things this year, especially or towards the end of the year. Um, once I kind of got my feet underneath me after all the changes, I got back into the habits of podcasts and, and books. So that's something I've, I've really enjoyed getting back into because I had kind of lost that for a while. Yeah. And that, you know, that thing, <clears throat> With me, with the amount of reading that I have to do for my program, it doesn't lend itself to having a lot of time to read for pleasure or for self-building. Uh, but I was when I was reading that um, Brene Brown book, uh, Braving the Wilderness, and she talked about how she was getting ready to go to, uh, she was at a conference and she was getting ready to go to a meeting greet before she had to speak. And one of the ladies presenting with her told her, you know, she was going back to the room and wasn't going to do the meet and greet and talked about the importance of inhaling. That if as public public figures and as uh, instructors and presenters, if all we're doing ever is exhaling, giving out information, uplifting other people, and we don't take time to inhale ourselves, then we're kind of, I mean, breathing is, is a two-way street. I guess that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Breathing is a two-way street. You have to do the inhale with the exhale. And what I inhale is going to be directly proportional to what I exhale. Mm-hmm. So that's what we have to kind of remember that we kind of got to keep that balance. So I know mine is in the morning after I drop my daughter off, I immediately go to my audible and begin reading 
for that next 15 minutes of my, my drive into work uh, and get that time in in the 20 to 30 minutes that I'm waiting to pick her up. So I try to get about 45 minutes a day, at least 45 minutes an hour of listening to something. Um, I've been kind of staying away from the podcast right now. I have what caught a couple of really good ones with Lewis Howes that just, man, it, yeah, it's just amazing uh, thing that they're doing over at the School of Greatness. So, like I say, that, that's my thing, getting back to that, inhaling, inhaling. So, all right. So, uh, we had talked about, you and I, before we got online, we were talking about uh, goal setting and, and what our own personal goals, our goals for our project, our goals for the upcoming summer for 2018. So I just want to frame this for you in this question for you to um, to see what's important. Why, why is goal setting so important in your eyes? You know, I, I think to, to some degree, it's, it has to be that part where you're, you have to have something to aim at. And especially, and that's that's especially a big part for me because you've known me a long time and you know how I can be, uh, or, or I'm working on not being so flighty. Not that I'm flighty, like I don't do a lot of things, but I I have a tendency to jump from thing to thing, whatever's interesting me at the time. So for me, goal setting is really um, the shell with which then I I set out the disciplines of the things that I need to do, and. Um, I don't lean towards, I learned last year that setting like really super specific targets and, and especially when they're things that are not necessarily in my control, um, it is hard for me. So, so goal setting this year has been a little, a little broader in terms of the, the goal itself, but the things I'm setting my goals for are really very, very narrow. And like you said, it's, it's building, building our project and, you know, the plan for the summer and, and, you know, going forward, you know, on a personal level of not trying to get a specific relationship. Like last year, I really wanted to be in a romantic relationship. I found myself in one, but it was not the type of relationship I want to be in, nor should I have been in. Um, so for me, it's really just building relationships with people that, uh, add value to me and really having the opportunity to, to surround myself with great people. So, um, that was kind of a wordy answer to why is goal setting important. But, but to me, it's to come back to the point is you got to have targets you're shooting for. You know, and it's funny that you say that targets to shoot for, because I remember, my pastor used to always tell us that if you, if you, if your goal if your target is the barn door, but you're shooting the opposite direction, then that's really not your mark anyway. Because when you know where your mark is, then everything about what you do should be pointing toward that direction of what you're trying to do. And I think a lot of times, a lot of people don't set goals simply because fear of not wanting to hit a fear of not hitting that mark. You know, that's been a big conversation with us in um, in in my local setting is our students not knowing how to fail because we've never really 
They've never really set a goal and attempted to accomplish and realize that even in not accomplishing that goal, you still gain so much. Um, and so I think that's one thing that we have to kind of, it's important for us to, to set a goal, even if it's something little, you know, I was trying to go all gung ho with my, you know, everybody beginning of the year, 2018, set a fitness goal and all this. And I wanted to, I'm going to go vegan for this long and I'm going to do this. And then I realized I have to set a mark that number one, my goal has to be, you know, attainable. And so do I want to say that there's going to be times where I'm going to completely take meat out of my diet? Yeah, I'm going to go a while where I'm not going to eat meat. I mean, now I don't eat meat usually until I get home. So taking portions of it out of my diet and knowing how I can tailor what my total expectation is. Do I want to go vegan or vegetarian? Nothing against my vegans and vegetarians out there. I love you guys. We're, we're you know, I have vegan friends too, you know. Vegan lives matter, but I'm a vegan and I love meat, you know, so I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I have to figure out, is there necessary for me to at times not eat as much meat? Absolutely. So it's like setting goals to where they're attainable for me and for what I know I want to accomplish and not trying to set my goal based on someone else's expectation of what I should be doing because that's what they view should be happening. You know, I tell people all the time at best doctors are practicing. That's why I call it's called a medical practice. You're practicing, you're experimenting, you're doing, you know, empirical, taking empirical data and making a conclusion of it every single time. You're not really, you can't fix it until you know what's going on. You can't know what's going on until you observe it. So it's like, I do know that fried foods have to come out because I've been dealing with back problems since I ate Whataburger french fries and a fried fish sandwich the other day. My back has been paying for it. So, you know what I mean? So it's like little things like that. I start to realize, yeah, I can do without that because I don't want to be down for a day just because I eat something for 15, 20 minutes. So I think that's important to look at it from a goal standpoint of, okay, I'm learning what my body wants and what I can give it. You know, drinking water is one big thing that I put in place. Keeping a gallon with me every day is my goal. If I have a gallon with me and I know... I don't want to go to sleep until I finish that gallon or get as close to finishing as possible. And then the next morning I finish it off and start again. So I think that we have to just start with those little goals that are, that are attainable and from there build onto it and then grow yourself. So that was kind of my long way of saying it too. So <laughs> yeah, we have a tendency to do that, but I think it's important that we understand that, that you know, take advantage of the newness of the new year. And, and, you know, set a goal and say, you know what, over the next seven days, I'm going to, I'm going to only have one soda a day or, you know, hey, I'm going to try to go from smoking four or five cigarettes a day to say, you know what, hey, I'm going to try to do one a day, you know, or it's whatever it is, pick a small goal over smart time. You know, one of my buddies said, say you're going to work out for 10 minutes a day. You know, I watched that when, you know, we were in New Mexico, you know, doing a quick little burner exercise real quick. Didn't do a lot in 10 minutes to get your heart rate up, you know, and so it's like doing little things that turns into the bigger things that you really want to accomplish in your life. And so that's, you know, like I say, just little baby steps, paso a pasito, little by little. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So, we, you know, I'm going to move on from that. Do you have anything else you want to chime in on goals? 
The only other thing I was really thinking about is I'm really careful this year not to say that I'm setting goals for 2018. You know, I don't want to say that or or that these are my habits for 2018. I just want to really continually be refining goals and refining habits. So I don't want to, you know, if there are certain things that I do and it's May or June and I know I need to revamp them, I, I want to keep myself open to that. So it's maybe just more of a mentality with it of not saying, because, you know, we've both, I know, stuck to goals that didn't fit us mm-hmm. because we had this certain time frame. So I think on that same vein, too, you have to understand, and like you said, if you realize that your target's not correct, you need to recalibrate. Absolutely. And don't be afraid to recalibrate. Yeah. Don't think, oh, I, I'm, I'm failing, I'm missing a mark. No, you're saying, you, you know, we, we all kind of get that, our eyes get bigger than our plate, our stomachs type of situation when we're trying to set goals because we see we want to get to the end game, but we don't realize it's what we do in the in the in the short term that determines our long term success. And if we're not focused on those short term accomplishments, then we're never going to maintain or, or, or manifest the long term results that we want to get. So, um, I'm with you on that. So, so moving on from goals, I want to talk real quick about reframing relationships. You know, and I I know I see the look on your face because we didn't discuss this. Um, but I did, bro. You said I was in charge since I put I had the sketch pad and I sketched it in my, but I wanted you, I'm with it. Okay. I wanted you to be off guard with this one because I want to see when talking about relationships and we're dealing with people and how we interact with one another. um, How can we, how can I write this? How can we reframe our ideals of relationships? in order to fit what relationships really are. Because right now, most of our relationships we look at as far as what can someone else do for me. That, and that's exactly where my mind went when you started talking about this, is if you want to reframe a relationship, it's got to be about the expectations. Mm-hmm. I, I think changing your expectations of a person and changing your expectations of the relationship are, are kind of one in the same. Um, and, and I'll use the example of our relationship. You know, there's, there's so much of our relationship that's really good, but no, I don't, that's not the way I want to say it. Our relationship is really good, but our priorities are very different. Like, and this comes back to the point. I am almost exclusively worried about myself. Because I don't have a wife and a child that are my priority. Now, that's not to say that I don't care about my nephews or my students or my friends or my family. But in terms of who I have to provide for, protect, and and look out for, it's really just myself. So I can't expect for you to prioritize LED the same way that I do when it really is my number one priority. It's And it's just not your number one priority, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think having 
that expectation of understanding that priorities of people in relationships are going to be different. Like, or the expectations of our relationship are going to be different for us or, you know, the relationship with Ben and I, or, you know, here, here's a perfect example. I thought that when I moved back that my hometown friends would prioritize seeing me a little more, mm-hmm. but they, but they don't because they are married with kids. You know, so it's still kind of the same thing where I can reach out and I can reach out. But they still have a lot of things that they need to be doing to where, you know, they can't just on a Saturday up and drop everything they got going on to go out and have a few beers. You know, they don't, I, I have to have an exp, an understanding and an expectation that my lifestyle is far different from the majority of people I spend time with. Basically, all the people I spend time with. So <laughs> having the right expectations or, I mean, you could even go as far as say you, you almost have no expectation. You just really value the person um, and the time and, and whatever you get out of the relationship rather than having expectations, I think, is the best way you could reframe a relationship. Is I, I, It just has to start with your expectations of it. You know, I think you're you're spot on with the expectations because I chose the word reframing because I think a lot of times we try to we try to fit ourselves into other people's boxes or into yeah. other people's framework of what we're supposed to be versus saying this is who I am now let me create my frame you know, and let me set my parameters. I can't remember the exact quote, but I think it was in Tombstone when Doc Holliday was talking about, hey, I think we need to rethink the parameters of this here relationship. You know, because I think that that if we, with each individual person or each individual experience, if we have a set expectation, a set parameters, then we know this is what's tolerated. This is what's not tolerated. This is what is acceptable. This is what's not then now we can now move about that with freedom. You know, I always use the term, you know, in terms of music, I'm a musician. If I sit down to do a, sh- a session with a group of musicians, I can sit there and say, hey, we're going to do a B-flat blues. That's a framework. You know, then I'll give a time and say, okay, we're going to do it, you know, 4-4 four, four time, B-flat blues, you know, at this tempo right here. Give it to me right now. One, two, ready, Go. Even though we've never played together again, we've never played together before, as long as we have that framework, we can make music. And I think that setting those parameters or those expectations, those guides, are there going to be some spillover? Absolutely. I can play a couple of sharps when I'm playing flats. I can, I can, you know, go left sometimes when I'm going right and still stay on track. But it still works out. You know, my pastor this year was talking about the theme was God first on purpose before your family, before your job, before your finances, before your own health, before anything, God first. And it started putting things in perspective for me that if we really start to frame everything in the priority that it's supposed to be in, I'm not going to give more time or energy to something that's not worth that much time or energy. You know, I'm not going to give that much time and energy to some people 
Not saying there's anything bad with people, but you just got to know when to pull back on your own and reset. As you said, the word you use was recalibrate. And if you recalibrate the goal, recalibrate the expectations of that relationship, because if I'm growing and you're not, then it's going to be a, a very difficult situation for us to stay in. So then that relationship needs to be reframed and recalibrated to say, you know what? Yeah, I can give you this much time when I see you, but I can't invest this much time because we're going in two totally different directions. Yeah, and and that was the one thing that as I was finishing up, I, I kind of wished I would have said was, you know, when you let go of expectations or you reframe the expectations, you can you can set boundaries. So that way you can look at, like you were saying, you can look at a relationship and really decide, you know, is this relationship fitting who I am, fitting my lifestyle? Is this relationship bringing value to my life? Because at this point, like, I don't want to have, um, I think superfluous is maybe the word I was looking for. Maybe that's not the right word. But, you know, relationships that don't have a purpose. You know, like, I have, even even in my life, I have very limited time. And, you know, I try to really actually not even use the word time, use the word energy. Like I have a, only so much energy I can give and I got to give it to the people and to the things that matter to me. So I don't, I don't have extra energy to invest in relationships that aren't bringing me anything. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an important part of really reframing relationships for a lot of people, especially for me, is I have to be okay saying this relationship is not bringing me anything good. And if it isn't bringing you anything good, you got to cut it or at least have a conversation and talk to that person and say, hey, this, this is not working. If it's a relationship that you really want to keep, then you got to be able to say, you know, this is what I need. These are my expectations. And then if that person can't or doesn't want to live up to those expectations, then you got to say, all right, well, then I've got to invest my time and energy somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think it's interesting, and I was just doing a Google search while you were talking, um, that when you, because we want to always make it relevant to our teachers, that that's our, our target audience, but I just did a Google search for teacher-student relationships. Seven out of the 11 was for an inappropriate relationship on the, um, on the first page. First page, Google. The top stories, the three top stories that they presented are all inappropriate relationships. So when we're talking about to teachers about framing this, the parameters of these relationships, adding structure to these relationships with your students, that is so, so, so important in preventing this from being the top stories. You know, not, you know, I remember growing up when you know, didn't have a ride home, you know, it was not an issue for my teacher to give me a ride to my house. You know, it was not an issue then for me to get in my teacher's car, drive home, and feel safe that my teacher's not going to try something with me. You know, uh, and I remember my mom feeling comfortable with that being the case. Nowadays, I mean... We keep seeing this being more and more of becoming a trend that that this is this is a this is a problem. 
So why aren't we not focusing more on how to help teachers build those relationships, set those parameters, set those boundaries so that they can in turn teach their kids? Because if you teach, raise a kid with no boundaries, they're feral. You know, and, you know, I think about it, you know, when you see feral cats, you know, if that cat would have been in a home and had boundaries and had parameters, it would be a totally different animal. A dog would not just run around willy-nilly and not know how to do it. If he has boundaries, he's been in a fence, he's had a collar on, he's been on a leash, he's been kenneled. You know what I mean? He's been confined. He knows how to do these things so that when you do give them freedom, they understand what that freedom means and how to operate within the parameters of the freedom they have. And I think that that's, we're not teaching our students that. And people may get mad. Please don't get mad at me for using an analogy with the animals because, I mean, we're animals as well. And the same thing goes for behavior. Behavior is across the board. You know, it's the same, same study. So um, I think that that's something as teachers we have to start shining a light on is how are we, administrators, districts, how are we building our teachers' capacity to really build those meaningful relationships for our students that's going to transfer into their student success. So, um, anything you want to add on that note? No, I mean, that's, and that's really good. And that's a lot of, you know, going into, you know, the plan, not, not to go too deep into the plan for the summer and what we've got going, you know, that. I will be quiet then. You know, the, the quiet, whole thing, man. the whole, the whole thing with, <laughs> with you know what we believe in and what we're working on is is asking yourself with any any facet of what you do in your edu- or your teaching practice how does this help me build a relationship you know a- asking how you know whatever you teach is but you you can ask yourself how does setting these boundaries help me build that relationship mm-hmm. and you know like you said if 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 we don't set boundaries, you know, the only person that's really going to suffer is us. You know, yes, the, the kid, the kid might not get what they need and they might not do well in school, but we're going to be the one that really, you know, suffers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, man, I'm, I'm good with that. I think that's a really good point to kind of put a bow on it with. All right. Well, I'll let you close it out. You you know all the particulars on where to find us. You you know. Yeah, yeah. So if you want to support us, or you want to reach out with a question, or you're interested in being on the podcast, um, you can email us at podcast at the ledproject.com. That's podcast at the ledproject.com. You can find us on Facebook as Lighthouse Educator Development, and you can also find us on Instagram at value adds value. So. Connect with us, reach out, share, whatever you need to do. This is uh, episode 28 of the LED Project. Uh, we're setting out to, to do 52 this year, and now we, uh, we're, we're a week behind, but we're going to get back on track. And uh, as always, we appreciate you listening, and we'll uh, talk to you again soon. Yes, sir. Have a good one.